What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. Today's show is amazing. If you are just getting started or you've hit kind of a block or some analysis paralysis and you need a push to take some action, this show is for you. Uh, My guest today is Corey Lawson. He is just started his wholesaling business, left his full-time job in marketing and sales, and has done five deals since he joined our runway program in October. He started marketing in December, has done five deals since then, and number six is under contract. Those five deals have produced over $100,000 in revenue for him. It is incredible, and he shares the tactics and strategies that he used, a lot of the tips, some mindset stuff, a ton of like valuable information from here and actionable items that you can use as you build your business or as you grow your business. So he joined our runway program at Flip Hacking Live and a cool announcement. I don't know if I've, by the time this comes out, you may have heard, but we're opening up the doors to our runway program again. So you can go to sevenfigureRunway.com, join the wait list if it's not open, you can jump in if it's open, and we would love to have you guys. We've been working really hard behind the scenes to figure out how we can help more people, how we can uh, push them in the right direction, how we can motivate them to grow and do just like Corey did, Get his first deal under contract, then his second, third, fourth, and fifth, and sixth after that right now. It's amazing. So um, we have a lot of people in the group that are doing massive things, and we would love to help you along your journey. So you can go to sevenfigurerunway.com. So it's the number sevenfigurerunway.com, and we'll roll the theme music, and we'll be right back with Corey Lawson telling his, his amazing story on the show. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity, and that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, we've got a really fun show today. I am really excited to talk to my guest on the podcast, and I'm a little I'm surprised that I'm interviewing on the Seven Figure Flipping show. So it's going to be really cool. We uh, met a really long time ago. That'll probably come up. Um, have uh, a little bit of a history, and then recently he's come back into my life. Uh, was at Flip Hacking Live, came into the Runway program, and has been absolutely killing it. So I'm really excited to hear how, why, like what happened, um, all of that stuff. Um, and I'll let him introduce himself and tell his story a little bit. But hopefully this podcast gives you guys some motivation, some inspiration, and some tactical advice of what you can do in today's marketplace to be successful. So today's guest is Corey Lawson. Corey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. It's quite an honor. Thank you. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we have a little bit of history. I'm sure you'll tell that at some point. And if not, then I'll add my two cents. But uh, can you tell everybody <laughs> a little bit about you, like uh, who you are, uh, where you live, uh, a little information about your background, that kind of stuff? Sure. So Corey Lawson, um, originally from uh, from Maryland, uh, grew up outside of Baltimore, uh, which I believe you're a Maryland boy as well, um, originally. But uh, left Maryland in 20, oh gosh, 2009 to move to Tampa, Florida to pursue a, a graduate degree. Got to Tampa, Florida, uh, was in the middle of uh, my MBA course, met my uh, now wife, then girlfriend, was in no big hurry to move back to the Maryland, D.C. area. Um, after graduation, stayed down here, got into, uh, got into the corporate world again. Um, and worked in the optical industry for about eight years, um, doing sales and marketing. 
uh, for large national retailers. Um, I was really good at my job and um, very successful, good results. But over, I guess, with a lot of people, when, when COVID hit, um, kind of forced a lot of people to take some stock of what they're doing and where they are. And um, that coupled with uh, my wife as a uh, very successful career as well, um, I just kind of realized that what I was doing while I was good at it, it wasn't uh, fulfilling anymore. I kind of like lost my, you know, the fire in the belly for it. So I started talking, uh, geez, probably about last spring about uh, making a shift. And I had a very supportive uh, wife that, uh, that helped me out with that and a very uh, supportive organization that actually helped me out with that. And uh, together we came to uh, a, an agreement where I would leave uh, the organization. Um, that was in the, in the fall of last year, fall of 2021, and took some time off just to kind of regroup, refocus. Um, real estate had always been a interest of mine and something I want to get into. And my wife and I had bought a few houses, sold a few houses, um, but that's about the extent of it. And I thought I wanted to go into real estate, uh, you know, being a real estate associate, you know, a real estate agent. And I, you know, bought the, bought the, uh, study guide and got halfway through that when my wife mentioned you. And I was like, man, I haven't, I haven't, you know, talked to Bill in, in a long time. She's like, I think he's in real estate. You should reach out to him. And, um, which at the time was, you know, not, it was interesting, but now it's kind of funny now that, you know, what you're, what you're doing here with seven figure. Um, so that kind of led me to reaching out and attended flu packing live realized this is the area that I wanted to focus on. And it wasn't in retail real estate, being an associate, being a retail agent. So I threw the brakes on studying for my uh, real estate um, agent's exam and went full force into investing, specifically in wholesaling. And I'm here in Tampa, Florida, uh, very competitive market, but um, just, you know, listen to the, listen to the advice of the people that are in the group um, that are further down the down the road than me, and just kind of followed their lead, and just took action after action, and uh, was able to get some early wins, um, and just fueled that belief that I can I can make this career switch, and uh, for the first time at 40 years old, you know, bet on myself. Um, I I joke um, that I should have done this earlier earlier in my career, and again, my my very astute wife is like. You weren't ready for it then. You're ready for it now. At 30, you weren't ready for it. At 40, you're ready for it. Um, so everybody just comes to that realization in their own time. And for me, it was it was recently within the last 12 months. I th so that's very sound advice. I'll tell you. I people ask me all the time. I actually just did a show on that like two weeks ago, a week ago, where. Adam Whitney said, sent me a text message and said, hey, I really enjoyed your show about selling that last rental property, but um, what would you, now knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently? And I was like, I think my, my ultimate answer to anybody that asked me that is like nothing. I really, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't ready. I didn't have the skills. I didn't have the time. I, I wasn't set up. I didn't have the mindset, like the belief system, all those things. Like, I, I really do think that we are just kind of like guided. Like we get the tap on the shoulder, we get the call when we're ready. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I believe God knows when we're ready, he gives us this thing, downloads this idea and says, hey, hey, go, this is your direction now. This is your path if you choose to take mm -hmm. it, right? And, um, and it was really cool. So a uh, quick, quick story for everybody that's listening is um, 
Corey's wife, Sarah, is really good friends with my best friend's sister from when I was growing up. So Sarah would come down, we would go down to Aruba together, like their family went on this trip to Aruba every year. And I think we went together like once or twice. So Becca mm-hmm. and Sarah were really good friends and me and Matt and uh, Matt and Becca were sisters. So uh, I say all the time like, oh yeah, Corey is my best friend's <laughs> sister's best friend, friends, best friend's husband. <laughs> and it's like, try to follow that. So um, the way that I remember is like, I got, I got this Facebook message like, um, hey, like, and, and we had spent some time together down, I think it was down in Tampa or in Baltimore at, at a game before, in Tampa, mm-hmm. uh, watching a um, Ravens game, because we're mm-hmm. both Ravens fans, which uh, definitely, if you're listening, the best uh, NFL team in the nation. And, um, <laughs> and uh, so it's been like forever, but I, I follow kind of Sarah and what she's doing on, on social media, so I, was always, I always kind of saw what's going on. Obviously the same thing going the other direction. So I think she sent me a message and then you sent me a message. It was like right after Flip Hacking Live. It was after the live event and before the virtual event. I was like, hey, uh, you know, interested in getting started in real estate. What can you, can you point me in the right direction? And I was like, just c- come to our event. Like I'm doing an event. It's a virtual uh, version. So you don't have to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was like immediately you bought a ticket. So like immediate purchase of a ticket. And then you attended the event. It was a two-day event where we showed mm-hmm. some of the recordings from the video. I did my presentations live. Um, I did some interactions, some coaching, that kind of stuff. And you, and then I remember, I, this has happened before, like when somebody I know joins the runway program, I'm like, oh man, like I hope that we are awesome at what we do. Like this is, <laughs> this is big for me. Like I'm going to make, I'm going to watch and see how things go. And it used to be like three years ago, I, I was in there all the time, right? And now I have the team and the staff and, and the laser coaches and, and the events and all those things. But I remember, like I was doing virtual flip hacking live in our old office and we had TV screens everywhere and I can see everybody, I can see everybody's face. Corey, you were dialed in the entire time, sitting there, taking notes and paying attention and you were always there. You were there, your camera was on and I could see you like eating it up. It's totally mm-hmm. different then the person who's on at the event, who's got their camera off, who's doing housework or chores or who knows what else they're doing, they're picking up bits and pieces, but they're missing like 90% of what is designed for them because yeah. it's different for you and it's different for them and everybody else, but you were eating it up, then you jumped into the mastermind group and I watched you continue to kind of eat it up and, and, and do the things, like take the action and then see success, like there was the breakthrough, and then the next mm-hmm. one, and the next one, and the next one. So um, my first question to you is, how, like how? Like how does that happen? And what do you attribute attribute some of this to? Like why would you just jump in and buy a ticket right away? Like it, there couldn't have been a lot of talk back and forth about, about, oh, this is too expensive, or I don't have two days, or all this stuff. And then why did you join the mastermind? Let's just go down the line because sure. so many people I will listen to this and go, oh yeah, but he, he did this, but I can't do it. Like, yeah. So I'd already, <clears throat> I'd already committed, you know, $400 to buying a, like attendance in a, in a real estate, uh, school to study for the exam. And, um, I was like, okay, I, I'm into this for 400 bucks. I studied it and all of that. But as I'm going through, I'm like, this really doesn't excite me. Like it's interesting. It's real estate, but it doesn't excite me. And that's when I had a conversation with my wife and she's like, you should reach out, reach out to Bill. So she actually sent you the message. I was like, Bill's not going to remember me. Like, (laughs) so she sent you the message. So, um, 
when I, I immediately jumped on and bought the ticket, it wasn't very much money. Um, and I, I told her, I was like, listen, I'm going to buy the ticket. Um, we have two young girls. I was like, would you mind like, you know, shouldering the, the parenting for those two days? And she's like, yeah, no problem. Um, so I, I was dialed in. I wanted to take notes. I wanted to get all, you know, get into it and uh, completely understand everything that uh, was involved in it. So I was, I, I wanted to give it my full attention. And uh, I'll give two shout outs to two members. Because um, as I was taking notes and everything, there was another another guy, Scotty E, um, who was uh, out of Colorado, who was also like very engaged. So I sent him a direct message and I said, hey, um, you don't know me. I'm just checking this out for the first time. Can I call you? And at one of the breaks, I called him and uh, we talked for like the whole break, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And he was just telling me more and more about the mastermind and everything. And I was like, man, this is this is where I want to be like this. This person doesn't know me from Adam, um, but we just had like the nicest conversation for the last 20 minutes. He answered a lot of my questions. You know, he gave me some advice. So I logged back on. And uh, I think that was on day one. On day two, um, you know, you're you're kind of on the fence. Am I going to join? Am I not going to join? And if you have questions, you get slotted into like these private Zoom rooms. Lo and behold, I get slotted in with, with Andy McFarlane. And I didn't know who Andy was at the time. And we talked for like 45 minutes. It was probably 15 minutes about real estate in the program. And the other min- the other time, just about life. He, he and I are similar age kids, you know, what we wanted out of life and why we're doing this, you know, discussing our why, like, why do we want to, why do we want to get into real estate? What's our bigger picture here? Um, and we both had similar, uh, viewpoints on things. So I was like, man, all right. Um, this kind of sealed the deal for me. So at the, at another break, I walked upstairs and, um, I said to my wife, I was like, I want to join this group. And she's like, I think that's great. I was like, do you want to, do you want to know how much it is? She's like, no. And I was like, (laughs) <laughs> that's a good, that's a supportive wife there. Um, so that's kind of, I, I knew I wanted to do something. I wasn't going to be, um, not working forever. Um, but I wanted to do something where it was a passion for me an interest for me. Everything was going to be new, um, and different every day, but something that I could take the skills in marketing and sales that I have cultivated over the last 18 years in corporate America and apply them to a new, product and service you know i was it was a totally different industry and that's what excited me um and just the advice that i got one of the bits of advice that i got from scotty was just um just follow just follow the lead these people are of a similar mindset that i think you are and they believe in um abundance and helping each other out so the people that are further down the path than you reach out ask them questions they're willing to share um, and shorten that kind of learning curve. You don't have to go at this alone. In fact, it's very uh, daunting and scary if you try to go at it alone. Um, and your your risk for failure is greater if you go at it alone. If you have a team, a tribe, uh, a group that you can call on, on various questions, that's gonna lead to your success. Um, and that's what I found in the group. Um, and the rest was just, you know, Follow the steps, take the action, um, and the results will come. Sometimes they come, just like for me, I I wasn't ready to do this until a year ago. Um, Sometimes the the results come in a couple of weeks, sometimes the results come in a couple of months, but you are always learning um, in every instance, whether you're talking to, to potential sellers, to buyers, 
Um, I took that, it took me about a month in the month of November to kind of get set up. I reached out to, you know, title companies and I listened to a lot of the modules. Um, I talked to other investors and tried to understand where I wanted to focus. Um, I did a lot of, I knew Tampa was a hot market, but I couldn't just blanket all of the eight counties that make up Tampa Bay. Where was I going to carve my niche and really wanted to focus? So that took me about a month. Um, and then I hit the ground running December 1st with, uh, you know, with marketing and, and taking massive action. So let's talk about that because let's get into the tactical mm-hmm. side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I don't want to miss the fact that the fact that you have a supportive wife is probably something that's really powerful in your your life. And I'm just amazed by that in all of this, taking the kids, saying I don't need to know how much it is, just the belief and trust in, in you and wanting to push you. It's really, really mm-hmm. cool to hear. And um, and knowing Sarah, that's, that's really uh, amazing. And for anybody that's listening, like, Th- that can move mountains. Uh, and then on the other direction for us too, being the supportive spouse on the other side uh, for that other person as well. So, um, you know, something I kind of wrote down uh, to take stock in myself, how am I showing up for my partner too? So for you, uh, like, let's talk about the tactics of it. So what did mm-hmm. you, how did you narrow that down in Tampa to the area that yeah. you wanted to target? So I'm in, I'm in the city of Tampa, I'm in uh, Tampa proper, which is in Hillsborough County. And I wasn't sure exactly what I was getting myself into. And Hillsborough is the biggest populated county uh, in the Tampa Bay region. And I had reached out to some people that were uh, active in the area, flippers and wholesalers. And I said, you know, if I was gonna start out, where, where should I go? And I got some advice of areas to go in and around Tampa Bay and areas to stay away from. Um, so I used that kind of knowledge to focus on where my farm area was going to be. Um, and then I did, you know, the analysis of like, all right, how many homes are there? How many homes that fit my buying parameters, that kind of thing. Where are the transactions happening? Are they actually happening in this area? Um, or, you know, if the, if, if the area was not transacting very well, I wasn't going to focus there, but it turned out that the area that I was recommended was also a high, uh, transacting area. So um, the next thing was, all right, what marketing channels I'm going to use? I'm going to use direct hey, mail. Hey, before you keep going, I'm oh, going to yeah. jump in. Did you use the uh, some of the videos from the um, oh, absolutely. like my list source videos to to understand supply and demand in those areas? Absolutely, I used your the list source to understand the buyers and where things were transacting, um, and then I used some anecdotal uh, input from other flippers and wholesalers here locally in in the Tampa area, and basically I you know. I got a lot of advice like, you know, downtown Tampa and South Tampa um, and St. Petersburg, it's so saturated, don't even bother going there. Um, They're like a lot of activities are, you know, go into the suburbs, go north, go east, go south, Um, stay stay out of St. Petersburg. Um, Not, I mean, basically don't don't waste your time. There's so many people already there um, that you're not gonna, you're not, not, as a new person starting out, it's gonna be very challenging to break through. Um, okay, so, actually, so so how did you find those wholesalers and flippers and how did you trust them? I, I want to get kind of granular here because there's a sure. lot of people, like there's little things that might get missed by somebody that, that you're like, oh yeah, I, like I'm past that. But like how do you how did you find those people and how did you pick them and, and how did you trust that they were like pointing you in the right direction? Some of them were current members or former members of this group. Um, some of them were pretty active in the real estate investor groups in the area. So in the in this area in this region, the eight counties, there's probably 
six or seven active Facebook RIA groups. So I joined them um, and just observed for a couple of days to see who's who's active, that kind of thing, and understand what they were doing and where they were located. And then I just reached out to them and said, hey, I'm getting, I'm, I'm new in this, in this space. Um, and I didn't offer to pick their brain and buy them a cup of coffee, but I just, I said, hey, if you got five minutes for a call, um, so I, I reached out to a flip, two flippers and a wholesaler, um, and the wholesaler was down in a different county. So, and he's like, I don't really do anything in, in Hillsborough, so I don't feel like your competition or anything. But the flippers were all excited to talk to me because I was another person that could potentially bring them deals. So they were very willing to share um, the information of where they, what their buy box was, where they wanted to be, what they're looking for. Um, they also very happy to walk through like my walkthrough paper and give me feedback on my repair costs and that so I could dial that in. But it was really just getting active in my local community with the real groups. And the most, the most efficient way was just jumping online in the Facebook groups, observing who's, who's making, um, who's engaging the most and reaching out to them privately through a direct message. Awesome. That, I think that's really good information for people to hear. Um, as a wholesaler, flippers absolutely need you in the marketplace. You're, you're mm -hmm. uh, critical to their success. And, and, and if you're a flipper, think about that. If a wholesaler is messaging you to jump on a five minute call, like the value of that as a new wholesaler, I've talked about a lot, is that new wholesaler probably doesn't have a buyer's list of like thousands of people like I do. Uh -huh. They have a buyer's list of you and maybe two other people, maybe some of these Facebook groups, but especially if they're not in a group like ours and understanding how to grow their buyer's list really fast or they don't uh -huh. watch YouTube videos or things like that about it, they might just call you. Like they find a yeah. deal, they're gonna call you right away. And that we, I've had Jesse on the podcast, uh, other people that have really leveraged those kind of relationships. So how big was your farm area once you created that? Did you just narrow it down to like one zip code? Was it one area? Like it was, how, how granular did you get? Yeah, it was, uh, it was 13 zip codes. It was basically Eastern Hillsborough County. Um, so I, I wanted to go east. Um, so there's a few like veteran communities that are veteran communities of Tampa. Um, and there's um, some major highways that go out there. So a lot of folks will live out there and then commute either to Tampa or to St. Petersburg. So that's where I wanted to focus. And not any one area was, any one zip code was particularly uh, big enough as far as number of uh, available homes that were transacting. So I basically wanted to dominate and get to, you know, at least 50% of that area. So it, it wound up being about 13 zip codes that I was uh, catering to. Um, and okay, when you get further then, out- So the next, let's go ahead. So I was gonna say, when you get further out, you get more and more uh, land. Like here in the city, uh, I live in, in the city proper, um, houses are just boom, boom, boom on top of each other. But once you get further east, you get houses with some acreage to it. So um, there, the zip codes are much bigger um, and you have to, expand the number of zip codes to get to the, the kind of the target number of houses that you want to target. Yeah, so then I guess you took exactly what I taught of, hey, this I need this many houses to hit this many leads, so you know I might add in another zip code or two around that area. Mm -hmm. So from there, you were you started to go into marketing when I kind of made you back up the horse a little sure. bit. So what, uh, what was next? So then you're like, okay, I gotta pick a marketing channel? So yeah, I wanted to pick a marketing channel and um, you know, for me, it was, you know, down to SMS text messaging, ringless voicemail, uh, cold calling and direct mail. Um, and each one of them has its benefits. Each one of them has its drawbacks. You know, it's either time or money. Um, and at the time I had, I had, 
I allocated some budget to the business and how I, you know, basically gave myself a six month runway. Um, I wasn't going to go over this amount of money uh, per month. And if I did that, I could run this business for six months. And I figured, you know, if I could get a couple of deals in that time, I could start replenishing and start building this business. Um, so direct Are you mail. To share how much that was? How much was that? Sure. It's 4,000 a month. Okay. So, um, I basically had some savings that I wanted to allocate to this. Um, so I think it was actually 3,500. It was $20,000 for six months. Okay. Um, and in talking to some other investors, um, in talking to some other investors, direct mail wasn't getting the numbers, uh, in Tampa as they were in other markets. So I was a little, you know, not discouraged, but I, t I took that into consideration. Do I want to spend, because direct mail is like good response rate, but also good, like higher cost. Um, text messaging, I wasn't um, super knowledgeable about that or, or um, comfortable with it, but cold calling I was. I, I, you know, I'd done that previously a couple, you know, a little bit in, earlier in my career. Um, and here, as I later learned, the sellers, in the Tampa Bay market, because it's such a hot market, they are inundated with calls. Um, and what I've trained my cold callers to do is be very empathetic and really um, understand what the motivation and their situation is for the seller. Um, and that's our point of differentiation. I don't, I don't want to be the hard sales guy and just say, "Hey, how much do you want for your house?" Oh, that's over the you know, market value and hang up. Um, I want to really understand their situation and their motivation to possibly sell. Um, and that differentiates us in the marketplace. Like I've had people most recently last week, I went on an appointment uh, with a guy and he's like, you know, I don't like many people and I don't meet with people like this, but I like you. Um, I'm not ready to sell the house yet, but when I do, I'm going to call you. Um, that's kind of what I'm carving out as my point of differentiation. Um, so I've trained my callers on that. I now have a, a lead intake um, and follow-up specialist um, who's trained up on that. Like, we're not going to be the hard sales people. We're just not. Um, if you can't get any information on the condition of the house, but you fully understand their situation and their motivation to sell, I can get the rest of it when I go to walk the house with the seller it's more important for me to understand their situation and their motivation on why they're selling so I can come up with the best solution possible. All right. So my breakdown here, I did a little bit of math, $20,000 for six months, uh, $3,333 a month. So uh, it's interesting as I hear your story, it's like, it's almost like an exact replica of what I did. So I had $30,000 <laughs> for six months. I gave my six month runway. It was $30,000. $5,000 a month and I was flying full time so I needed to hire somebody and I paid her $500 a week. So that mm -hmm. was $2,000 a month out of my pocket already. So I had about $3,000 a month to run my business. So that was mm -hmm. operations and direct and I put all my money in direct mail at the time, um, which is, you know, definitely was the right thing then. I was making about $7 for every dollar I spent. And so it was amazing. And I was doing more mail than anybody else in the area. And really cold call calling wasn't a thing. Text messaging wasn't a thing yet. Rings voicemail wasn't really a thing that people were doing in bulk. It's kind of like uh -huh. pay-per-click and direct mail. Uh -huh. um, 
And bandit signs. Bandit signs were huge then. So you just started doing this. You started cold calling. Were you cold calling yourself in the beginning? You said you have some callers. Did you start with cold callers or were you doing it? I did. I started calling. I started calling myself. I start, I did. I started calling. Um, I pulled a, pulled a list and I started calling it. Um, and it's very time consuming. But I did call for two days. And I was like, if I was like, I can't spend all day calling because if one of these things comes through and I have to go set like go meet the seller, that's going to take time away from calling. So um, I decided to hire a calling service um, and provided them the list. Um, I didn't have, I did not have um, oversight on how how the script was or how they uh, approached the seller, but I did get some leads, uh, which was good. Um, so I did that for December and, uh, January, uh, the company and I decided to, to stop using them and to hire callers in house. So I would have greater, uh, uh, oversight over who the callers were, how the calls went, what the script sounded like, and make sure they were really like driving home the, the empathy and understanding the motivation and situation of the seller. So I started that in February, um, and really have, you know, had really good success in February, March. And now would you recommend of, that people that are just getting started like you were to do that themselves in the beginning? No. Um, I think starting with a call service was the call was the right call for me. Um, I didn't know what I didn't know. So I went to them, I paid a little bit more money, um, up front. Um, it, you know, a little bit more per hour for the caller, but I also didn't have to manage the dialer or the numbers. Um, all I had to do was pull a list and send it and they handled everything else. Um, I didn't have to interact, you know, I didn't have to worry about making sure that the, the caller was logged in and on time and all of that. I didn't, I didn't, I had other things that I was still learning. Um, that, that was one of the things that I was, I, I successfully, I think outsourced, but fast forward two months and I got up to speed on, you know, what I, what I wanted to learn and get up to speed on, then I was like, okay, I want to ensure that the first point of contact that these sellers has is a positive uh, interaction. So that's when I decided to bring the callers in house. Love it. And then All with right, that, so let's, go ahead. I was gonna say with with that bringing them in house, then it, it, you know, then you had to get a, a dialing service, you had to buy numbers, you had to be more hands on, and I did that for a little while until I brought basically my my lead intake manager who now handles um, all of that to allow me to focus on. Um, analyzing properties, uh, going on appointments and handling dispo. Nice. All right. So I feel like you had your first deal at our event in January. So that must have, like, let's talk about that. Where did it come from? Sure. Um, and tell us a story uh, on that. So, yeah, I, I started dialing December 1st. I had my first appointment December 10th, which was also the day I got my first contract, December 10th. So I went on the, went on this appointment. Um, the uh, the seller uh, it was a uh, rental property for them. hadn't seen the property in a number of months. Uh, walked in and was just aghast at kind of the condition of the house. Um, and I'm going through very objectively, taking my notes. We're having our conversation. We walk outside. I write down my numbers and um, uh, make my offer. And it's significantly lower than her asking. And she you know, the seller immediately drops like $50,000 immediately. Like, all right, you won't take this. 
or, you know, take, would you counter with this? And she immediately dropped 50,000. I was like, Oh my gosh. Um, so I looked at my numbers and I said, you know, um, I can make that, you know, I can make that number work and I have contracts today. Would you like to lock it up today? And she had had previous bad experiences with, uh, investors. So she said, yes. Um, she just wanted to get out of this situation. It was a bad tenant situation. Um, so I was batting a thousand, one appointment, one contract. I get in my pickup truck. I'm driving home. I call my wife. I was like, this is going to be so easy. (laughs) Um, so I go home, um, I start working up, uh, some marketing material and and send it out to my buyers list and and put it on online. And, uh, I knew I had a deal because my phone started ringing immediately. So I set a, set a walkthrough, had a lot of people come through the walkthrough. I actually got more than what I was asking for. Um, and, uh, went under contract, um, on the 22nd of December and closed it on January 28th. So about altogether about, you know, six weeks from contract to closing. Um, and then it was a tough grind, um, getting the next couple appointments and, um, the next contract didn't come until, uh, February, early February. So I was riding high, no doubt. I was riding high thinking, Oh my gosh, this is going to be, um, this is, I'm going to dominate here. Um, only to find out that, um, it's a lot, it's a lot harder. Um, I just, you know, caught a hanging curveball and happened to hit it out. How, uh, do you mind sharing how much you made on the first deal? How much you make? 27. 27,000. Yeah. Okay. So I, I find it's interesting when, so I, I watch, I've seen both of these things happen inside of our mastermind group, right? I've seen the people that it takes a really long time and mm-hmm. I've seen the people that get a deal really fast. Mm-hmm. And so the people that get a deal really fast kind of fall in your bucket, right? Of, oh, this is easy, I can re- replicate this. And then they have one of two ways where they can go after that. They can, after that, they can say, all right, um, like they can beat themselves up after that and say, like, why isn't, I, I thought it'd be easy. What's happening, what's happening, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And then come up with excuses or they can just kind of like dig in a little deeper. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, and then they start seeing um, success like over and over. And then for me, like my example was, it took me four and a half months to get my first deal. And so those people have two directions they can go. It's just like, I'm gonna keep going, like stay the course or this doesn't work, I'm gonna shift. This doesn't work, I'm gonna shift. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then, or say, you know what? This just doesn't, this is, doesn't work for me at all. There's no possible way that I can do this. That person can do it because of this, this, and this. I can't, mm-hmm. uh, and then they quit. So um, we both have very different experiences where for me, I was like, fortunately I set a six month window and not a four month. Cause mm-hmm. if I set a four month budget, I would have said I'm out. Sure. Like I'm, uh, sure. I spent all my money. And then for you, you saw early success. You saw a pretty big profit, much bigger, like almost three times what I had. Um, and then from there, did you take that money and dump it back into the business yes. uh, to keep going? Did you put it in your bank account? Did you spend it? Did you buy a new car? Like, what'd you do with that? <laughs> I, I immediately reinvested in the business. So I, I had a plan on every uh, bit of money was going to go reinvest in the business until a certain point, And then I would take a distribution. Um, even to this point, uh, being into it five months, I've only taken one distribution. Um, so I... Yeah, I wasn't, I I immediately put it back into the business um, and I was there. I was, how you described it, I was uh, a little discouraged like, hey, I'm going on all these appointments and they're not signing contracts. What is going on with these people? Um, 
And then um, just, again, listening to, to others and, uh, and always learning. Um, I knew that, you know, just making the offer wasn't, uh, wasn't good enough. Some people want uh, – other things are important to them. Uh, timing to close, needing enough time to get their stuff out. Um, they may be taking a hit on capital gains, so they might be more interested into like a lower down payment and paying them off over time. So that's really kind of where I came with the second uh, opportunity was um, it actually wound up being a, a cash transaction, but we had a very healthy discussion around creative financing with this uh, uh, couple who had – several properties this was the last one that they were going to divest and re were retiring um and they're just you know we don't really we like the idea of seller financing but um we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring so we'd rather just sell um and we didn't you know we were a little ways off on their asking in my offer but we would come to an agreement um on an asking price and again similarly i knew i had a knew I had a decent deal when I posted it and got a lot of, lot of interest immediately. And how much did you make on that one? 30. 30. Okay. So you say 28 on the first one? 27. 27 and 30. I'm just going to keep doing some math here and get excited. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that was a February contract number two. And mm -hmm. what's happened since then? Where are you at now? Um, I actually networked into two more deals. Um, the, uh, a woman that works at my title company um, is a landlord, has a portfolio of properties, and wanted to divest two properties to take the proceeds and out reallocate it to some other investment opportunity. And I said, you know, would you mind if I walked the properties? And she said, yeah, no problem. So I walked the properties, and she had them listed on MLS, and I looked at the MLS, and it was, it was above the market rate, um, and the houses needed work. And I said you know, no offense, but you're not going to move these at uh, above market rate and it needs significant work. Um, no end, like they're not going to praise and no end buyer is going to want to go in and fix it up. You're going to have to sell it to a wholesaler or to a, to an investor. I said, um, what do you think about this? Let me take a shot at it. Let me take a shot at getting this um, and, and moving it for you. And um, I said, you know, we do, you do all my title work. So I'm, you know, I'll, what I did was I said, I'll, I'll cap my fee. Anything over this fee, I'll get back to you. Um, so she, she was basically, I was going to make uh, an assignment fee that I was happy with, and she was mitigating her risk. Um, so she gave me the opportunity, um, gave me the first one at 11 a.m., and I had it sold by 4.30. Um, mm. And then the next week, she gave me the second property. That one took a little bit longer. It took like a week, um, but I, I disposed it in a week. That one um, was a little bit harder because she wanted to make a certain number on it, um, and it was a really tight number. So I actually, um, they're not all $30,000 assignment fees. That one was a $3,500 assignment fee. What about the one before that? 10, number three. 10, 10. 10K. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Um, is that it, those four? Uh, number five. <sighs> So number five was a challenge. Number five was a uh, uh, had pre foreclosure had emerged from probate. Uh, the the person had passed away. Left it to her uh, left it to her children. 
Um, it emerged from probate, but was going into pre-foreclosure proceedings because nobody in the family had the money to pay off the mortgage. Nobody, there was back taxes getting racked up. There was code violations. It was, it was, a, it was a, kind of a, a tricky one. Um, but again, title folks are, are amazing um, and helped me get it, all of that cleared up to get a clear marketable title um, and was able to dispo that one. Um, that one, because it was such a uh, challenging property to get cleared, we actually did have to um, not renegotiate the price, but renegotiate the closing time. Um, and the seller was amenable to that. They wanted it. They wanted to get rid of the property. They, it was it was a drag on on their family. Um, so we were, had to basically back up the closing a month. And I said, you know, hopefully we can get this thing cleared up in another thirty days. But it's a it's a bit of a hairy beast to clear up some of these violations uh, with the county, with the mortgage company, all of that. So, but we did get it cleared up, um, and that one was a thirty thousand dollars on the field. Wow. All right. Five. Do we have a number six or not? Number six is under contract. Um, wow. and I'm looking to, I'm looking to dispo it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So if you're in uh, Tampa, make sure that you reach out to Corey. <laughs> number six. So yep. uh, 30, 60, 70, 80, 90, 90. So we're just over a hundred thousand dollars in assignment fees right now Correct. in yeah. April, starting in December. Um, Okay. 101. 101. So I've got I've got a question for you. Um, when a title agent that works with a ton of other flippers, wholesalers, investors, retail, um, realtors, uh, attorneys, all that stuff, why do you get to work with them on their property? Like, why would she let you do that and not everybody else? That's a great question. Um, I got introduced to the title company through a family friend. It was, hey, um, this person does title work. It might be a good uh, connection with you. Coincidentally, a family friend also has uh, a son-in-law that has a hard money company in Tampa, uh, which I've already got introduced to. And, and uh, you know, there's definitely opportunities there. But it's it's really just networking. Um, and I was, I was sending her work. I don't know how many um, other wholesalers um, – this title company was working with, but I, I basically went in there and um, I was going in there to drop off an EMD check and she pops in to the office where I was and she said, Hey, I'm trying to unload these two properties. And she tells me a little bit about them. And that's when I was like, do you mind if I look at them? And she said, yeah. And I said, you know, I'll, you know, what I'll do is I'll just, um, we'll come to an agreement on a price uh, between you and me. I'll, I'll cap my assignment fee and anything over that you keep. And she thought that was a pretty fair square deal. Um, and you know, she, she knew, I, she knew me, we had done a couple pr prior deals together. She knew that I got introduced through this like mutual friend who was a solid person. Um, so, you know, there wasn't too much risk for her. If I couldn't get the, if I couldn't get, um, you know, anything, if I couldn't get my assignment fee, I was going to take less that I wanted. I would take less of an assignment fee. Um, and if I got more, it was going in her pocket. So it was, you know, she knew that basically, it, and it was going to be less than uh, a realtor commission, you know, that she would have to pay on it. 
So it all so, made sense. Uh, you, set, it was a, you set up a win-win situation, and I, what I heard, what I hear, is you might be the only one who did. So there might possibly. be a lot of wholesalers that came in and out of that, but nobody asked. Nobody took the time. Nobody, nobody was in there. Like I'm not dropping off EMD checks. Like yeah. you're gonna have to reach out to me or call me. So right place, right time. You offered a win-win situation. You made uh, made a great offer that she couldn't refuse, yeah. and you might have been the only one that did. And so yeah. the reason I brought that up and asked that question is like kind of reflect for you and see what what it maybe if there was something. But for anybody that's listening, it's like like. Like, are you asking for what you want? Are you putting yourself out there? Are you talking about it? Um, I mean, I gave a whole presentation to you guys in January of of marketing, like social media marketing, putting yourself out there, building a platform, talking about being an expert before you're an expert, like all of these things. It's so important to put yourself out there because you never know who you're going to bump into. It could be a church. It could be at the grocery yeah. store. It could be at, at my farmer's market. Like people are lending me money. Like you yeah. never know what's yeah. going to happen. When you put yourself out there and people know what you do. It cost um, her, and it cost her nothing. It yeah. cost her nothing for me to walk the property. It was on lockbox. She's like, you know, go check it out. Um, it cost her, cost her nothing. And she mitigated yeah. her risk because she knew she wasn't gonna, it was gonna cost her less uh, to pay me than 6% in closing costs um, if she was gonna list it at MLS. And we had a very frank conversation about the, the value of the house. Um, so it just, it, it, it came together. And I don't know if I was the only one to make that offer, but um, I, the deal worked for me. Um, and in the, in the first deal, it worked out great. I got exactly what the $10,000 assignment fee I wanted. The second deal, it didn't. I got a $3,500 assignment fee. But again, um, I know that if she wants to unload any other properties, it's likely I'll get a call first. Yeah. Yep. All right, so we gotta wrap this up, but you've got, <laughs> Okay, you came, you, uh, so Sarah sent me a message th from you, right? You yeah. bought a ticket immediately for like, I don't know, I don't know how much it was, 300 bucks, 400 bucks, something like that. Not and even. And then, not even, 200 bucks, whatever it was. Um, yeah, it was like the best offer I've ever made, right? We've never done this before, <laughs> we don't know what we're doing, just come on over, uh, pay a little bit just so I know that you're gonna show up. And so that you, you did that, then you bought in the mastermind, you bought a uh, seven figure runway, you jumped uh -huh. in, you, we're committed, you did the work, you watched some videos, you came up with a plan, you listened, you paid attention, and then you came you came up with a structure, you launched it, you started, you had some success right out the gate, then you had a little bit of a gap there, and then you just kept working, kept your head down, and number two, number three, number four, number five, and now number six. So mm -hmm. six deals from December 10th till now, um, what do you think you're doing in a, in a competitive market of Tampa where everybody says, oh yeah, like you can't find deals. Every RIA you go to, I guarantee people are saying, I can't find deals, can't find deals, can't yeah. do this, uh, it's not gonna work, now's not the time, I'm not gonna get started, I'm gonna wait, the market's gonna crash, I'm gonna wait till that happens. Like, what are you doing that's so special that nobody else can do? Like, what is, the, what is your secret sauce, the special thing that you're doing? Um, there's a, there's, a couple of things that I think I'm that I'm doing is every day I'm taking action. So every day I believe you're either getting better or you're getting worse. You're not staying stagnant. Um, so every day I try to take action towards getting new leads, following up with old leads, um, learning, reading, um, and not chasing like any new fad or listening to any podcast. But it's it's reading about what's important. Like I've gotten to know a lot about zoning 
and land use in, in the different counties that I'm working in and what's possible because um, you can you can if you get a contract but something could be more marketable if you could rezone it from say agricultural one where only one building can go on one acre to rezoning it to multifamily or agricultural nine where you only need one house per 5,000 5,000 square feet that's the stuff that I'm that I am trying to better myself at so it's always um, it's not always like listening to podcasts or, or reading investment books or anything like that it's reading practical uh, stuff around land use and and zoning and this kind of thing and what the what the proper uh, procedures are to do all of that stuff um, and then just it's all about follow-up um, this is a relationship uh, business I um, I learned long ago from an old professor that uh, all things being equal people like doing business with people they like and all things being unequal people still like doing business with people they like um, so I don't always have the best offer, um, and I've been told that, but at least I get a, an appointment, um, and I'm very fair with people, uh, and I'll tell them if, you know, this is what makes sense for me, if it makes sense for you, let's, let's move forward. Um, I try not to chase contracts, um, if a, if a seller wants a certain number, but that, but it doesn't make sense, I just make my offer and, you know we part as friends and I follow up to see if their situation has changed. But I try, I try to be very disciplined because um, I don't want to put myself or the seller in a bad situation where they have expectations that this is going to go through. And just because of the numbers, it doesn't, I have to call them back and say, I'm sorry, this isn't going to work. Um, so it's just being open and honest and just being friendly, um, you know, not being that hard salesperson and putting them first, trying to understand their situation, their motivation first. Uh, the house comes secondary. The condition of the house comes secondary for me. Um, this is a relationship business, it's a people business. Um, and if you can keep that in focus, I think you'll be successful. It's pretty awesome. I'm, I'm incredibly proud of you. I remember <laughs> being there in January and seeing that and just like, I, the, the thing is, it's, it was obvious. Like it was obvious to me. It's just a matter of time. And when I, the people that pay attention, the people that take action, they actually like, I say it all the time. It's like, you pay a mentor and a coach and a, and a, and a, and a business, a mastermind group like this. And then it's like, I already know everything that I'm doing. I don't believe that that's gonna work or I try this, it doesn't work. I go do this other thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, what exactly are you paying for? Like. Well, I, I pay a guy a lot of money to be in his mastermind group. And when he tells me what to do, I do it. Right. Like when, when he gives me advice, I'm just like, okay, yes, I'll do that. And I, I do it over and over and over again. And then it works. And it's like, yeah, just follow the path. Like it's laid out right there for you. And it's really cool. It's, it's really cool to see. And, but it's, it's cool for me to see that this path is still laid out for people, right? The course that we have, the laser coaches, the events, all of these things, um, it works, right? So we are we are like at the at the point of like opening up the doors to runway again. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody's there and's like on the fence or listens to this and is like, yeah, like Corey, he's got sales and marketing background. I don't like uh, he can do it. I can't do it. Like, what would you? What do you say to people? when you like about, like you called Scotty and Scotty told you all the things about the program. Now you've been mm -hmm. in the program. What would you say to somebody who's kind of like weighing 
whether they should or shouldn't, just kind of like you were, I don't know, six months ago. I totally underestimated the importance of mindset in joining this group and having the right mindset and believing in yourself. Um, and I don't think I'm alone in that belief. I think a lot of people, especially a lot of people that are, have previously worked W-2s, currently worked W-2s, we put undue importance on what other people think of us and about our results and not enough about ourselves and what we're capable of doing. Um, like I said, I wasn't ready to take this entrepreneurial step uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I took a class in entrepreneurship, scared the crap out of me because I, I didn't have the stomach to bet on myself. It wasn't until I gained some more experience, a decade's worth of experience um, uh, to do that. So, and having the right mindset, believing that you can do it, that your, your fixture in life is not fixed. You can change your uh, trajectory. Um, there's fixed mindsets and there's growth mindsets. And it's, I'm a work in progress, um, believing in what can be and, and stop believing in what is. Um, and it's just getting around a group of people that have a similar mindset that are out to help each other. Um, and you know, keeping those relationships that are like that close to you. And one of the challenges over the last couple of months is, is identifying those relationships that aren't like that and trying to put some distance actually. Um, that's one of the challenging things, but it's one of the necessary things. And it could be family, friends that don't believe in this, don't believe in you, um, think that you're crazy for for doing this, um, but they don't understand um, the end goal of what I'm trying to achieve or what any of us are trying to achieve. So it's just surrounding yourself with like-minded people um, that share similar values. Um, and we refer to it as, as a, internally here as a, as a tribe, and I really do feel like I found that. Um, I didn't always have that in my W-2. Um, there are some people that were great and I loved working with them, but not a whole community of like-minded people that were willing to share and help and guide um, guide you because they're a little bit further down the path than you are um, so that's that's kind of what I get out of this out of this program and um, just taking massive massive action you know it doesn't I say massive action just taking action um, like I said you're either getting better or you're getting worse and I always tell people I want to be better today than I was yesterday and I want to be better tomorrow than I am today Steel sharpens steel. I don't know if any other colloquialisms I can throw in there, but um, if you can surround yourself with with people that are going to make you better, that give you energy, um, that's what that's what it's all about. Whether it's in real estate or anything else, um, I think that's what we all could benefit from. I totally agree. I love it. Um, man, it's really cool to watch. And I used to get like all my joy from doing deals and now I get a ton of joy from watching other people do deals. I think the belief in yourself, that comment that you made is so, so important. And the cool thing here, I think, is that we believe in a lot of you, really all of you, before you believe in yourself sometimes. And so that's why, I mean, Flip Hacking Live is really, that's why 60% of it is tactics usually and 40% of it for me is mindset. 
you know, and belief and, and shifting those and changing those for you and putting you in a place where you can see that it's possible. I remember my first yeah. event like that. I was like, wow, if they can do it. I can do it. And you see that you sit next to somebody, you you meet them, you and then you you don't know, but you find out later that they're doing 100 deals a year, and you're like, wait, what? Like, this this guy in t-shirt, shorts, and sandals is doing 100 deals a year? It's crazy. And, and so like, I can do that. You know, I we look very similar. We kind of talk alike. I might have like more degrees than them. They might have dropped out of college. You know, and yeah. it's very interesting to see. Um, I never really know who exactly is going to be successful, but it's not shocking when the person that pays attention, um, you know, shows up, it, it does the work, takes action, does the things. Um, it's just a matter of time before they're successful. It's really really cool and changing that mind shift, mindset and shifting that belief. Um, the only thing I would add, Bill. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. I was going to say one we. One of the things that really struck with me, because I was one of those like analysis paralysis person, I needed to know what every step was from A to Z. Um, and I think there's a lot of people like that. Um, what got me was, you know, the analogy of uh, of getting in your car. You know, you're getting in your car and you're going to drive to the grocery store, but you don't know, you may, you don't know what you're going to encounter every step of the way to get to the grocery store. You can see from here to the end of your block and then you have to make a turn and then you can see to the end of the next street. So allocating or, you know, allocating that kind of mentality to real estate, you don't know from start to finish, but you know from A to B. If you can get from A to B, then you can get, you know what you need to do from B to C and C to D. And that kind of thinking um, is really what allows me and, and likely others to take that action. Um, versus, and that's a, it's a mindset thing, getting out of that mindset where you have to know every step of the way from A to Z, because if you need to know that, you're never going to take the first step. It's, it's crushing. Um, but again, I underestimated the importance of mindset and shifting it, um, to be able to take that action and just take one step at a time. Um, cause once you go from A to B, you know, that step, then you go to B to C and then you know that step. Eventually, you know, all the steps. But you're never going to know it from the very beginning. Yep, exactly. I I love that. I, I usually tell a story about driving your car at night. Like you can mm -hmm. only see as far as the headlights, right? But you're not you're not going to not go out. You're you you go because you trust. Like there's mm -hmm. trust there in the process and your skills and your ability, and that stuff builds over time. When I first got into a car and I'm driving at night, I was freaking out. Ten and two, right? And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I'm going slow. And then you add some fog, like you can't see past there, right? And you just know that there's lines there, there's a path, like that's safe. And you mm -hmm. stay in those lines. And that's really what the course is. That's what all the uh, coaching calls are. That's what the events are. That's what the Facebook group is when you need advice and all that stuff. So, um, all right. So go to sevenfigurerunway.com. Uh, there is likely a wait list that you can jump on. You can jump on the wait list. If the doors are open, it'll be open. It'll say that. You can fill out an application, jump in. We would love to have you uh, jump in with us. I, I really would love to see more of you. <laughs> now is the time. Like, Real estate is the way, it is the path to financial freedom, period. Like, that's just it. Like, if I haven't convinced you of that, keep listening. I will say it on every show, probably, every event you attend. I really do think that that's my job right now, is to, is to talk to people and persuade people to move to the real estate space. Inflation is mm -hmm. rising, it, 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 there's gonna be a recession coming up. There's all kinds of stuff that's happening right now. Real estate is the way. I mean, when you look at every, um, like multimillionaire, billionaire, they are holding real estate. It's like when I started studying that, 
I got out of the stock market, went into real estate, and 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 very slowly started making that shift. And now this is my life. Like, and it has mm-hmm. made me a fortune. Like, it really, really has. And I want to help other people do that. So, uh, Corey, thanks so much for being on. Um, Thank awesome you for having show. me. Like, seriously, I could not stop asking questions. I was like, okay, <laughs> uh, like let's keep going. Let's keep going. There was tactical uh, information here that they can use. There was some mindset stuff. There was, uh, there was. Uh, it's, it's just incredible. I think this is going to be one of the top-rated shows. The people, uh, the feedback that we're going to get, I guarantee, is going to be very, very good. Um, I think you're going to help a lot of new people who are getting started that need to jump off the fence and need to do something. Um, to, to go because we get stuck in that analysis paralysis like you talked about. We just kind of get frozen. I always say like I had all the puzzle pieces. I just didn't know how to put them together. I needed somebody uh-huh. to show me how to do that. And that's why we built this program. That's why we built the runway group. So um, I'm excited that we're kind of um, uh, opening it up, bringing more people in. So you guys can go to sevenfigurerunway.com and, uh, and sign up. Corey, how can people reach out to you, find out more about you? If they want to buy deal number six, how do they do that? <laughs> um, it's, they can actually reach out to me. I'm on Facebook, uh, Corey Lawson, where I just launched uh, the company Facebook page today, Clear Sky Property Solutions. Uh, if you are in the Tampa Bay area, uh, reach out. We're, uh, we're actually expanding into some other counties uh, now. So it's Corey at Clear Sky Property Solutions. Dot com. Uh, happy to help out wherever I can. You know, I love the love to pay it forward. Absolutely. And thank you, Bill, awesome. for having hey, me on. Be- You're welcome. Before you go, where is your business and you going to be one year from now? One year from now, um, my business will hopefully be doing. Uh, I, I have this tap taped to my monitor here. Hopefully, be doing 35 deals over half a million dollars, and I will have people in every seat. So cold callers, lead intake, marketing, dispo, uh, transaction coordinator, and I can um, be running, uh, you know, running the business instead of working in it. All right, uh, words matter and what we say matters. <laughs> so I want you to remove the hopefully um, because that that is a big shift that you need to make. So remove hopefully, get rid of that and and what I want you to do is I want you to imagine all the time that that has already happened. Mm-hmm. When you tell that story uh, a year from now, we will have done 35 deals, $500,000, right people, right seats, and all of them, I'm gonna be running the business. Like, it's already happened. And so for, for you, if you're listening and you've never done a deal before, um, I, I want you to close your eyes, take a minute, and just say, like, picture what it's like when that deal is done. The check's in the bank, the wires come in, what are you going to do with the money? What does it look like? Where are you? Where, where are you sitting? What is your life like? Um, you know, what do you what are you thinking about? What's happening? And already have achieved it because that's what it takes to take the action every day. When we get stuck, we say, "Oh yeah, I'm just going to take a break," or "I'm not going to do this." Like, but when you see the result, like you have to envision the result and actually see it. If you see it, you know it. It's there. And then it's just a matter of getting it done after that. So like uh, I used an example recently of like, I, I, wanna bu- I wanted to buy another airplane. It was a really expensive airplane. Um, I, I wanna go higher, faster. I wanna be able to go out to the West Coast. I wanna be able to basically go anywhere in the nation, any weather um, pretty much and, and fly. And so like I had to like really become the person that, that bought that thing. I had to like close my eyes and see it in the hangar and, and look at what it was like and envision it. And then it was like already done. Like I, I already bought it. 
It's just a matter of finding the right one, of making sure I, I do it, getting the loan, all that stuff. And right now, I'd say in about three more weeks, it'll be here in the hangar, sitting there, and it's done. Like, I already saw it. And I was like, it will happen in the next three months, if as long as I find the right plane. Like, it's already happened. And for you guys, like, it, you got to make it already happen. Corey, for you, it's already happened. Like, my company's doing 35 deals. We do $500,000 in gross profit. At right people, right seats, and I am running the business. It already happened. And so biggest tip I can give anyone is that is how you take action before you've had any results. Uh-huh. Because you have to have already done the deal before you start. And that's what I wish I knew when I got started. Because, man, it was a grind going through those four and a half months. But, like, I could kind of see it but I didn't have that kind of imagery. I think I would have gotten there faster. I would have worked harder. I would have taken more action if I had already seen it and believed it. So uh, hopefully that helps somebody out there. Corey, thanks for hanging out with me. Absolutely. Um, you guys can go to sevenfigurerunway.com, sevenfigurerunway.com. It's a number seven. And, uh, and check us out. We would love to have you in the group. Uh, we got some really exciting stuff coming up. And obviously we got Flip Hacking Live coming in October and all these other things that I'm gonna be talking about soon. So uh, we'll see you guys on the next show. Bye. Thanks, Will.